Hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williams, and this is the Locked On NFL Podcast. It is Twitter Thursday on a Saturday. I know that's bonkers, but there's many questions to get to. I could not get them yesterday. Quick programming note. First off, we're brought to you by Vivid Seats. I'll tell you about them here in a moment. Uh, another great sponsor for the Locked On Network. But I urge you, I screwed up. You know, Mike Sando joined me on Thursday. He's going to be here every Thursday. One of the best shows we've done in a long time, for sure, this past Thursday. However, you guys know I'm not the most technically sound in the world, that's for sure, and it makes me a little crazy. Um, when I published it originally, I put the file in from the day before when I did the, the uh, Locked on Giants podcast. It was only out there for like a minute, but I'm just wondering if your phone downloaded it immediately, maybe you got the wrong one. So please go back and just listen to the Sando one, because you'll love it. It's quarterback tiers. We did it Thursday. He's going to be on every Thursday from now on. Really, really good stuff. And I just hope you don't miss it because I screwed up. So, it is Twitter Thursday. Uh, Joshua Silber, who often writes in, asks me, where would you rank Ramsey compared to Revis and Sherman? Uh, that's It's too early for that question, first of all. But it's not a bad one. Don't get me wrong. Um, for those of you who don't know, I helped recruit Darrell to Pitt. Him and I never were at Pitt. I had moved on to Akron by the time he, you know, enrolled. But I watched him all through high school. He was the best basketball player in Pittsburgh as a high school player. Really made everything look easy because he was ridiculously smooth and was always as fast as he had to be. That being said, a very fluid, smooth athlete, he's not the physical specimen specimen Ramsey is. I mean, Ramsey is a freak. I mean, Ramsey's Mel Blunt, Rod Woodson for their day. I mean, like Patrick Peterson. I mean, like this is the prototype. If you were playing Madden and you could draw up a cornerback, he would look like Patrick Ramsey. I mean, some people thought that he would be an in-the-box safety or a safety coming out, and I probably could do all those things. I think he's faster than Revis. I know he's bigger and stronger than Revis. I think he's faster and bigger and stronger than Sherman. Revis, to me, is the best corner since Dion or of this generation and is an easy Hall of Famer. And Ramsey has a ton of work to be included in that conversation. Ramsey also has the benefit of having another awesome corner on the opposite side of him in A.J. Bouye. So, yeah, he'll follow at times, but usually they play sides. And to me, that's a strike against when you're comparing him to Revis, who was really on an island against the best receivers in the league, which, of course, is a very, very difficult thing to do. Um, Sherman is more the latter as well. He is always lined up to the quarterback's right. And, yeah, he's great. I mean, he may have the best ball skills of all those guys, too. I love the way he attacks the ball in the air. He plays very physical, former wide receiver. Um, a lot of press man, but also a lot of cover three zone and their man or their zone turns into man and he'll press and he, but really he's got the third of the field. Um, always really did a great job of using the sidelines as his friend did that extremely well. Again, played the ball in the air. One thing I think is really prominent. I'm not saying it's not true with Ramsey and I'll get to that in a minute, but Revis and Sherman to me were maybe the two smartest of the great corners we've seen in a real long time, too. I mean, Darrell's a real student of the game, spent a lot of time, and it showed on game day, learning his specific opponent. You know, if he's going to follow Odell or whomever, he knew that player inside and out, really smart, grew up around the game. Sherman, a Stanford guy, also extremely smart. Obviously, he was brash, but that doesn't mean he's not smart. 
had a great knowledge of the position and the game and offensive tendencies. I don't see that yet from Ramsey, and he's obviously very bold too and saying a lot of stuff and getting himself in the news. Frankly, I don't care about those things, especially from that position. I want an arrogant SOB out there, you know, if he's going to be lining up against the best receivers in the world. But Tim versus Nuke for a night, I want him to think that he's the best player in the world, and uh, he's pretty darn close. I mean, if we were picking defensive players to build your team around, He'd be pretty high on my list when you factor in age. I mean, I think he's going to be a superstar. Putting him in their category, big picture, isn't fair. He's capable of surpassing both. This is a prediction and a hunch, but I bet when it's all said and done, I'll rank him ahead of Sherman behind Revis. But again, I mean, he's an infant compared to those guys. Um, Thad Sulik asked me two questions. Well, actually, I'm sorry. The same, my man Joshua also asked me this question too. Thoughts on parents naming their children Carl. Todd Haley didn't think it was a good idea. For you guys that didn't watch the second, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, you know, Hard Knocks, Todd Haley's in there a lot, and I'm familiar with Todd in Pittsburgh, and you know, his whole thing was Carl. Can you imagine holding a newborn baby and calling him Carl? And I think he has a good point there. But Carl, to me, can be a baby's name. You know, like, there's some old people's names that I can't picture naming a baby, like Elmer. You know, I mean, there's some of these, um, I'm sure there's plenty of them. Tweet me a bunch of guys, a bunch of names. I guess, you know, Gertrude. Can you name your uh, an absolute newborn? Oh, let's call her Gertrude. Carl, to me, works in that capacity. Some old people's names don't, and to me... That's you know, not an old person's name. Mentioned that we are brought to you by Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last, last a lifetime. Hey, football season's right around the corners, folks. It's actually it's here. What are you talking about? But, I mean, now's the time to jump and, and get 10% off. I mean, if you can do this with season tickets, should I get Titan season tickets or not? Well, if you can save 10% on it, do it, man. Go to Vivid Seats. Use our promo code Locked On. You got to do it, man. Vivid Seats offers great prices for NFL games and all live events. With the NFL returning, Locked On listeners can receive 10% off their first purchase with Vivid Seats. Go to vividseats.com or download the podcast and enter the promo code Locked On. All one word. It's all caps here, so make sure you use all caps. I'm not sure that that matters, but all one word certainly does. That only works for new customers. Offer is good through the end of August. All, Vig- all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by 100% guarantee. That's often awesome. So, you know, this season, don't sit around watching whoever your favorite local team is or the NFL as a whole from home when you can be at your favorite stadium, tailgating, having fun, being a part of the crowd, cheering in person thanks to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is offering the Locked On NFL listeners 10% off your first ticket order when you use our exclusive promo code Locked On, all one word, that's Locked On. New customers only, and the offer is good to the end of August. So, preseason and regular season tickets are now available, as are other sports, of course. Um, Everyone's starting off their home schedule here, just around the corner, and you can be there for all the excitement. So, go to vividseats.com or download the app and enter the promo code Locked On, all one word, 10% 10% off your first order. The offseason is over. The NFL is back. And Vivid Seats wants to get you to the game. Very cool. So, let's take some more questions here. Thad, Thad Sulik, who I mentioned earlier. Hey, Matt, a lot has been made of Gruden taking the Raiders back in time. 
What are your thoughts on the direction of the team with him and Carr at the helm? Mixed feelings. I mean, their off-season personnel decisions made me not only think it was 2013 when Jordy and Martin and those guys were high-end players, but it was 2008, you know, 1985 with blocking tight ends and fullbacks and running personnel, you know, like, ooh, you know, like that to me is a big red flag that you don't understand what's going on in the NFL today. Still, you know, they, the defense, they took some shots on some guys like Maurice Hurst and, you know, we'll see if some long shot types, but that's not really what you're asking. Let's start with Carr. If Carr can get coached hard and micromanaged and excels in that environment, which I don't know if he does or not, my hunch is he does, this could be a good marriage. Um, I think, speaking of off-season personnel, the draft showed us drafting th- two tackles in the top three rounds, you know, including a first-rounder, that Gruden and the Raiders realize Carr's strengths and weaknesses. My biggest concern with Carr is handling pressure. And I do think that is a direct response, or the Raiders have always had a direct response of filling their roster with quality offensive linemen and spell, spending a lot of money on offensive linemen because they know who their quarterback is. This goes back to Fresno, Fresno State. He always was spread. He got out quick. Didn't handle pressure. I think his last name didn't help because Big Brother didn't handle pressure well and was under constant siege. But I do think it's also a true trend with both players. I mean, I'm obviously more familiar with the younger brother. Um However, you know, that some of this I'm thinking is Stone Age-ish, but I do think Gruden is passionate and was once a very good coach, so I think he gets the benefit of the doubt that he still should be as a communicator, as a leader of men. And watching their preseason game, you know, just saw the first one, I didn't see the second one yet, um, I do think he creates offense pretty well. You know, motions and play action, and it's not archaic at all. So... I'm more optimistic now than I was when I was watching them sign blocking tight ends and things along the, and Doug Martin and things like that, which made me roll my eyes. John Osborne asks, are you finally giving up on Paxton Lynch? Probably. I mean, we've seen some quarterbacks go to a second team or bounce around the league unsuccessfully that were highly drafted, high pedigree guys that did... Good things later in life. You know, Rich Gannon, Jim Plunkett. I know those guys are old for what your listeners are, especially Jim Plunkett. But it doesn't mean that their careers are over. That maybe they wake up. Maybe they get in a better environment. Lynch was always sort of erratic on his best day, but there's a ton of ability there. I mean, the big knock on him is pretty obvious, and everyone says the same thing, that he'd rather be playing Fortnite and Xbox than he would practicing or caring about being a quarterback. And that, of course, is not going to cut it no matter how talented you are. And he is talented, but he ain't that talented. I mean, he's not Brett Favre at the beginning of his career where, I don't know what nickel defense is, but I just still make nice throws. Plus, the the world has changed dramatically by then from a mental perspective of what a quarterback needs to be. Um, For those of you that aren't familiar, Chad Kelly, it looks like, has passed him on the Denver depth chart. Kelly also is a bit of a wild stallion, to use some Bronco terminology, and also has a lot of ability and had major off-the-field concerns, but ended up being a seventh-round pick. But he's probably every bit as talented as Lynch as a passer, as a playmaker, 
even more mobile. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if either one of those kids, sounds like Kelly's the more likely, steps up this year, shines more in the preseason. Kelly's looked really good. Lynch has looked awful, awful. And takes their game up a step, I mean, and maybe gives hope that they could be the starter two years from now while Keenum holds down the fort. I don't think that's crazy, but I think it's a long shot. I think it's a huge long shot with Lynch. I think it's less of a long shot with Kelly, who's Jim Kelly's nephew, if you don't know. Bradley Johnson asks, do you see the trend of high scores in preseason carrying on into the season? Not particularly, no. Um, I do think the rules very much favor not only the offense, but the passing game. And it's really hard to play defense nowadays, and it's really hard to tackle nowadays. And I do think quarterback play across the league is better than it's been in a while, collectively. I also think that there's more master schemers in the league, offensive coordinators, the McVeighs of the world, that make quarterback life easier and therefore more points on the board. And, you know, the, uh, I don't see the defensive innovations keeping up with the offense. Is, is, if the offense is growing at X rate, I think the defensive innovations are growing at X minus two. You know, I mean, like it less than that. Still, I can't get around the fact when I answer this question that the trenches matter. And you can scheme up around losing in the trenches for sure. But in the end, you got to be able to control the trenches in this game. I do believe that as a fundamental fashion. And the defensive linemen are a bazillion times better than the offensive linemen right now across the league. So I think it'll, you know, I think that in itself is a great regulator in the defense's favor, you know, that our big guys are much better than yours. They're a bazillion times more athletic. And, you know, that every, every team in the league, like, again, I always bring up Steeler reference because I do a lot of Steeler talk. And people around here like Cam Hayward and Tewitt are really great. And yeah, they're great, especially Hayward. But every team, what I tell people in the league is every team in the league has those guys. Everyone has two great defensive linemen. Some have more. I mean, a couple have less, but there's so many awesome defensive linemen from size 240 pounds to 340 pounds, and the blocking's just so bad. All right, I was asked my assessment of Josh Allen after two preseason games. I heard you say to Dale Lawley prior to the preseason, you think he's going to be terrible. I did say that. I said to you guys, too. Um, his pocket presence, erratic accuracy, inability to throw with touch at the college level as a prospect really concerned me, and therefore I put him fifth on my list of fifth round, of the first-round quarterbacks. I'm not taking any of that back, and I'm not betting on him. But his tools are wow. I mean, I knew that before, but seeing him at the NFL level, his tools are wow. And despite the Twitter thing he sent when he was 16 or whatever, I very much have been told by some numerous sources that he is utterly loved by everyone that knows him and that he is a very hard worker and that he's smart Oh, by the way, A.J. McCarron broke his collarbone last night. I think Allen will start the season and play the whole year for better or worse for Buffalo. And I don't expect that to go well, to be very honest with you, because I think that supporting cast is very troubling. And he's got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work to do. 
But with tools and a head, he has a chance. I mean, I'll, I'll leave it at that. And I didn't think he has no chance ever before. I mean, I didn't look at him as someone thought, boy, he's a third-round pick. No, I mean, he's a first-round caliber you know, quarterback prospect. But, you know, I mean, he's got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. Bradley Johnson asked me two questions as well. Who has the first three picks next year? And which team are in the market for a quarterback next offseason? I'll answer the second one first. There's three teams to me that are okay when you look at their big quarterback picture. You know, when you talk about the future, the now, money, salary cap, age. That probably would like to improve. And if there's a first-round guy there, shouldn't turn their nose up at him. And that's Miami, that's Cincinnati, and that's Jacksonville, who, to me, I don't think Jacksonville has their quarterback. The other two, I can make a case that they do, but I think Dalton's limited and Tannehill's unproven. And, I, and of the three, I would take Tannehill. So I think those three teams are in the market, you know, are eyes wide open if, it, if someone's available. I also think there's a handful of the old guys, too. I mean, New England. New England has to be in the market for somebody. Um, probably the Giants and Les Laletta or Webb really steps up, which could happen. I mean, at least they have somebody waiting in the wings. The Chargers, for sure, um, and the Saints, for sure, too. You know, that when these legends leave, who's left? You know, and, and it's time to address that this offseason with a project. And for all those teams I just mentioned, too, I also think they could kick the tires on Teddy Bridgewater as well, you know, as Bridgewater is Brady's replacement. I mean, maybe, I mean, again, you're not going to get the next Brady, but at least he could learn for a year or, you know, those are, those would be the teams too. I think that you call the jets who has the first three picks in the draft next year. Um, I very much believe the bills will very, very much believe the bills will. Starting to frown more and more on the Dolphins. And I'm starting to like the Jets a little more in that division. I could see Miami being one of those teams. I'm going to take the shortcut and say some team that has a catastrophic injury will be in the top three that shouldn't be and is better than that. I know that's cheating. I also think that the Colts are absolutely in that equation. And I know a lot of people, I'm super excited about Luck. I love Luck. And I think the offensive line is actually going to be good. I mean, that's exciting as could be. But I think their defense is just so bad. You know, that uh, there's a couple teams in this league, the Giants, the Chiefs, the Colts, that I think are shootout central. You know, that these teams are basically have to play in shootouts to win. And, well, that's... Great. It's just a tough way to win in this league. And I think the Colts defense is really, really bad. So I guess if I had to pick three, I should mention the Browns too. I mean, getting back to hard knocks. I don't like the way this team's coached. I didn't before, but I like it less seeing him every week. I just think he's so soft and the organization is so soft. I mean, oh, David Njoku, you're dropping passes in, in practice. Here's your punishment. You have to go catch 30 balls on the jugs machine. Or was it 40? 30, I think it was. That takes like four minutes. 
He should be doing that anyway. He shouldn't have to be told to do that. He shouldn't be treated like a little child that that's your punishment. And if it is your punishment, go catch 300. Don't catch 30. 30 balls after practice? I mean, on the jugs machine? I mean, come on. That's how you're doing discipline stuff or Callaway's in front of the the room saying things along like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, just kind of whimpering up there for 15 seconds or something. And Hugh says, oh, you're good. Go sit down. It's okay. Your punishment is you have to play the whole game. You know, like, this is high school stuff, man. I mean, this is kiddie stuff. I mean, I still hate the jumping in the lake thing. I don't know, man. And I'm with Haley in that these guys need to practice. You know, this isn't the Packers or the Eagles or the Patriots where you have a a foundation for winning and you keep the stars healthy for the opening day. I mean, this is, we need to build toughness and work ethic. There's zero as it looks like here. And just listen to the comments of Haley and the assistant coaches. I mean, this is looks like a soft group that isn't in peak physical shape, certainly is not in peak mental shape. So I think I'd be remiss if I didn't include the Browns in that conversation. I mean, they have, I'd rather the Browns roster than Miami's or Buffalo's. I can't say the Colts because of luck, but, I mean, the Browns got guys. Like, watching Njoku, I'm like, this guy's going to be so good, and I've loved them before. Like, Njoku and Garrett. I mean, they have some potential superstars. But, man. Oh, by the way, Josh Gordon is reporting. Just got that text like a minute ago. So if you're listening to that, maybe you haven't heard that yet. I suppose that's good news. I mean, I'm rooting for the kid. But, you know, obviously a volatile situation with him, too. All right. Some good Twitter questions. If I get time later, I have some more here. I might just do another one over the weekend. Um, And then next week we will start, like, our basic lineup. You know, Sage Rosenfeld is going to be with me every Tuesday. That's awesome. He hosts Locked on Vikings but does way, way more than that, former NFL quarterback. Go check on, like, Locked on Vikings. You'll love hearing Sage. You'll love it even more when him and I start to riff. I've never talked to him on the air. I can't wait to do so. Just like last year, Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus will be with me every Wednesday. I'm recording all these at noon Eastern, so there'll be a little more stability to when you get your Locked On NFL podcast. And my man Sando's back on Thursday, and will be every other Thursday after that. That might be the best segment of the week, or the best segments in Locked On history, to be very honest with you. So maybe more guests to come as well. Uh, changing things up a little bit. Really want to promote the, the download. Spread the word for me, please. Please go back and listen to that Thursday episode. Make sure you listen to the correct one with me and Sando. It might take a a, a second download on your part, but please do it. And leave us some, some uh, feedback on iTunes. It's been a while since we've got a lot of that. All right. Thanks so much. Over and out.